live now. Oh, <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Hello everyone, it's Thursday night, recently I've had Gully and Luke on, they're a bit pretty face, so I thought I'd get someone rough and rugged on tonight, I've got Kim with me, how you doing Kim? Are you there Kim? Hi Dan, how are you? Yes I am, hello, can, yeah, can you hear me? I'm good, it's Thursday, but it, I wish it was Friday. <laughs> Big game this weekend, like every other Premier League game, Brentford at home. Let's uh, quickly just revisit last weekend's win over Watford. Finally on the board, points and the goal-scoring charts. What was your opinions on that uh, three points? I mean, first of all, we got the win. That was like the main main thing. Um, to be honest, I don't think the performance was quite as good as the, ironically, as the other three games, the Leicester, Man United and Tottenham game. But... I'm just glad we got that scruffy win. Two goals that were just the dream, weren't they? Own goal and a tapping from some from Huang on his debut. You couldn't really ask for much better than that. And what was I was most pleased with is we dug in and we got got the win rather than just playing pretty football and not getting show, getting anything to show for it. So yeah, pretty pleased overall. It was great that Huang He Chang got his his goal. I think his um, raucous reception that the, the fans gave him when he came onto the pitch, it was sort of written in the stars that he was going to go and get the second. I think it would have been a bit more awkward if we'd got the, the three points, but we'd only won by the own goal. So, it's, yeah, I think we're flying now. I think I put the stat up the other day that um, how many chances that we've created and someone's going to get a paste in. And I think... Fingers crossed it, it could be this weekend against Brentford. But I just mentioned Huang there. Jimenez has sort of been misfiring recently. He's still not really sharp. He had one good chance in the second half against Watford. Header off Matinho, free kick. Uh, how, how much sort of time has he got in the bank before you look at maybe starting him on the bench for a game? Well, if we start with Huang, I am really shocked how like built he is. Did you realise how like strong he was? Like, although he wasn't completely involved in the game, um, there was a few glimpses where he just sort of showed his strength, bustled sort of the, the Watford defenders off the ball. Um, so I'm really quite, yeah, I was quite surprised how well he just seemed to sort of get into the game. Um, now, whether he could almost play as a false nine and we potentially give row the rest and put him on the bench and come on. Now, personally, I don't want that, that to happen because, as you probably know, Raul's in my FPL team. So I have still got the faith. I'm keeping the faith with Raul. And I think over the next two games, he'll get at least a couple of goals against Brentford and, and Newcastle. No doubt about it. He's going to open his duck. All he needs, 
is one just scruffy tapping, basically like a fan goal um, against Watford, um, and I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, I don't think there's any issue. Is the with his sort of, um, you know, being reluctant to get his head in or anything like that. I just think he's just missing that, um, you know, that cool collective finish. He's like snatching at chances and almost, um, yeah, just it's hard. It's hard to pinpoint what the issue is because. You can't fault his performances. He's just not got that final bit of composure that we used to see from him before. But I'm pretty, pretty positive that you know he's gonna he's gonna come good. Yeah, I think it's purely down to confidence with the Mexican sensation. Now I think, like you just said, he just needs that one goal, whether it's off his arse or off his shoulder, or just just a lucky deflection that falls for a tapping. Like you know, we talked about before, sort of strikers not necessarily being on form but when fortune just is on their side the two goals Cristiano Ronaldo scored against Newcastle tap in for the first goal and then the second goal somehow manages to put it through the keeper's legs when when fortune's on your side that's the only thing that Raul's missing at the moment I think the header that he had against Watford on another day he's pinging in the back of the net this guy Francisco Trinco with the Optostats from Ball Sports had another good game on Saturday. Two shots on target, one key pass and four take-ons against Watford. Another player that just maybe needs a bit more fortune on his side. But with Daniel Poland's creating the second goal and he looks quite sharp since he had that return against Nigel Forest. How much how much do you think he's pushing for a start of the weekend? Well, just, just to touch on um, Trincao first, I suppose, because I thought after seeing him in the on the in the first game, um, I did think, mm, is this guy going to be too sort of lightweight? Um, you know, did get pushed off the ball quite a bit, a bit easily, maybe a bit of a dare I say show pony. But as he's each game, I think he's getting better and better. Um, I think he was quite um, unlucky in the Man United game not to sort of open his open the scoring. Um, and I just think he has got, though, that extra sort of clash. You can tell he's come from Barcelona. Um, so, yeah, I'm really pleased. And I wouldn't even dream of starting Pedence over Trincao right now. Um, I think Pedence usually is better as an impact player anyway, for me, personally. Um, and I think I'd definitely, you know, keep the same eleven and definitely keep Traore and Trincao um you know really get at Brentford because as you said I really think we're I'm I'm predicting a really good win for us um on Saturday thanks for everyone that's uh listening so far and tuning in on our YouTube channel if you've got any questions for us just hit the uh the comments <laughs> section let's see what you've got to say let's hear your thoughts on how walls are faring at the moment back on the transfer window Max Kilman with the format easing at the moment there's a there's a few in our WhatsApp group. Definitely not me. That's eating humble pie at the moment. King Kilman, isn't it? Yeah. We I'm said not, it I'm, from the start. I'm not investing in the King Kilman club yet, but the lad is massively proving me wrong at the moment. I think we we all made the comment last week about if Wolves if he'd, if we'd signed Max Kilman from Lille for 25 million pound, everyone would be saying, "Wow, we've got a really good defender on our hands." I think I've been ignorant in the past because we signed him from Maidstone and he played futsal. That maybe I, I, I haven't given him the credit that he deserves. And I think the way that he's playing at the moment with Mosquera and Willie Bolly now back fit, I think out of anyone in that back three, he he would be the one. 
that would be the most unjust to drop at the moment. Do you agree with that? Pace will be dropped, won't he? If we so if we decide to keep a back five, there's no doubt I think that Kilman should be starting. Whether he should if we if we switch to a back four, I'm not sure, but do you think that we should generally st- I think we should stick with a back five? And I know we've got some easier on paper, shall we say, games coming up, but I think Bruno's style is actually showing that we can play a back five and look really attacking still. Because how do we know that we might switch to a back four? Obviously, you get that extra attacking player, but we're going to be really open, like more open than when we were a back four with Nuno, obviously with, with Bruno's style of play. So for me, I'm I'm pretty happy with a back five, I think, and how it's going. Like why disrupt our sort of flow and, and, and the way we're sort of taking to, to Bruno's style? No, I agree. I think... When you've looked at Wolves in the last 18 months, even when we were playing with a back five under Nuno, it was so regimented and just counterproductive to us actually being on the attack from the, from the off. Whereas now with the football that Bruno's got us, got us playing, I don't want to sort of gas the situation, but we're playing as good attacking football as Chelsea are with their back five. Agreed? You just compared us to Chelsea. I said I didn't want to gas the situation, but we are playing as good a football. We've created yeah. more chances than what Chelsea have in the first in the opening four games, and Chelsea haven't had the um, the, the tough run of fixtures that we've had. Yeah, and I think as a lot of people know, you and I were probably Nuno in Nuno cult, you know, and um, we were part of that crew. But I have to say, I am absolutely more excited to watch Wolves every game now. Compared to like last season, it was really, really pathetic towards the end. So, although obviously still love Nuno, and I'm not going to mention him again tonight on this show. Um, yeah, I'm really, really pleased with what we're seeing so far. And like you say, I know what you mean. We we are looking like Chelsea in the sense that we look good defensively, but we also look really threatening every time we go forward. So yeah, can't. There's, there's not a lot to moan about. Maybe that's that's a bad thing for this podcast because everyone likes a good moan. Um, but yeah. It's ingrained in us as Wolves fans that we enjoy a good moan. Uh, Kerry Green in the comment section says, Wolves should stick at it as it's all good. Uh, thanks for your comment, Kerry. I hope we don't bore you this week. Um, I'm just going to just go on a quick tangent here because it's something that's been bothering me. And I did see it on um, one of the Facebook Wolves groups today. What's your opinion on Sweet Caroline before Wolves games? Um, it just re- reminds me of the heartbreak of England now. So I, I didn't really like it before, but personally, no. And don't ask me what what we should play instead because I, I can't think of that right now. But I don't know. It's a bit cringe, isn't it? Do you think you think the same, don't you? It's a bit cringe. I'm massively, massively against it. I feel like I'm trying to crowbar, which is what's pretty much a boxing crowd slash England football side song. You you mm. wouldn't sort of you wouldn't steal like a "You'll Never Walk Alone" by Liverpool and crowbar it into your match day playlist. I think it's something like the it's club. associated with the cricket, isn't it? Well, when I, obviously you know I go to the cricket a fair amount. It's a proper cricket song, and to be fair, it's kind of morphed into an England song now. So it yeah. just gives me memories. So, what would you play instead? 
it's like you said, it's difficult to pinpoint a song. But I think if, if you're going to use Sweet Caroline, it should be used if you have to use it in a match day playlist when you win a game, not before a game. Because not only are you sort of, I don't know, it's just not really a wall song. You're gearing up the away fans as well. I've seen like the last two arm games. They're, they're singing along with it as much as we are. And I just feel like oh, you, you want to try and make the atmosphere know. pretty horrid for the away side. You don't want them singing no. along with it. I didn't actually know we played it before the game. Maybe that's because I just haven't been you're in the you're ground. You're in the pub until 3pm, aren't you? Yeah, so I, I didn't actually... I thought it was after the game we usually played it. So we've obviously switched it around. Hmm, not sure about that one. I know yeah. play, Villa play it, don't they, as well? Um, they play it after the game. And they play Oasis, don't look back in anger. They're all a bit obvious, aren't they? That was one of the worst away day experiences that I've had in recent years when we got battered 4-1 at Villa. And as we're literally like leaving our seat to exit the stadium, the plane like don't look back in anger and the whole Villa Park was singing that as I'm not it was it was a moment that I'll never forget because like you're ruining one of my favourite songs right now. We've just got battered four one, you're ruining one of my favourite songs. Martin Wolfright says bring back Led Zeppelin. Can't knock it, Martin's good choice to have before pre match. I know they used to have like audio slave coaches and um, what's, what's your opinion on Kanye West, um, All of the Lights, before the game? Oh, I love it. Is that correct? Is that... It goes well with the lights, doesn't it? I, I think on a it night game. It goes well on a night game, yeah, yeah. It goes well on a night game. Um, what's the other one? Café Del Mar? Yeah. Is it some... um, I know it's a bit Ibiza, but I do like that one as well. Um, some of those like rock ones, like Led Zeppelin and all that, I don't think they go down well with our crowd. Do they? Do you think like they've never re- like they're just in the background if those sorts of songs play? It's hard to please everyone, isn't it? I, I think me and you've mm. got sort of similar music taste. I think you're off to Cortina Saturday. Blossoms is Saturday. Blossoms Saturday. Cortina's next Saturday. I yeah. won't be missing any games just to note. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Led Zeppelin. It's like yeah, it's it's walls da. Genre, what about status quo? That's probably like another one. It's, it's a post-match win song, isn't it? Yeah. Need to do it. So let's quickly get back to the match on Saturday. Wolves versus Brentford. Ruben Neves is due a goal for Wolves. Last time we played Brentford at Molyneux, we won 3-0 and Ruben Neves scored this peach of a goal. I mean, special goal, special night, 3-0. Um, Brentford were actually a really good side that night. They had... Um, Ryan Woods in midfield, who I'm a massive fan of. I think he deserves to be playing Premier League football. I think he might be at Stoke at the moment. A uh, special season under... Actually, isn't it Blues? He's at Blues, I think. He's gone to I'm Blues, sure I, I think so, yeah. Bit yeah, of a come down. Really good, uh, really big come down for that. I think he's got a lot of talent, even though he's quite short. Is Ruben Nevers going to break his spell of his goal drought on Saturday? No. I don't think so. Purely because, have you noticed how amazing his performances have been over the last few games? But he's actually stopped shooting so much. He's just dictating the tempo, creating chances for others. And I feel like, to be honest, he, he hasn't had his shooting boots on for all of last season, did he really? Let's be honest. So I'd rather him be creating opportunities for others. So... Yeah, obviously he's obviously high in confidence at the moment. So, you know, you wouldn't put it past him. But 
I just think the role that he's playing right now, um, yeah, is more of a creator. I'd actually back Martino to score over Neves, to be honest, at the moment. Blind, um, that's, a, that's a bold statement. But that, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll agree yeah. to disagree on that. I think when um, when Jean Martino had that free kick on Saturday, which he, he ballooned over, he spent about what felt like 20 minutes um, preparing the vision in his mind where he was placing this free kick. And then it actually made you believe it was going in, didn't you? With his like proper like concentration pace off. It's like a Johnny Wilkinson setup. It, the stance is there, the little run ups there, and then it's just like, oh, for God's sake, Joe, just give someone else a go. Give flipping Sarah another, give Sarah a chance, just anyone, because you haven't got that attacking. But usually, uh, usually Neves would take those. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it seems like he's just sort of got a different role in the team now, but. Again, he was the sa- he's been the same, hasn't he? Like he's been ballooning all the free kicks over the bar last season. So, hmm, maybe it's- confidence and obviously Martinho. Yeah, he, he scored that goal against Arsenal last season, which was like a goal of the season contender. But that's just once in a blue moon, wasn't it? Let's get Billy Grant on from the besotted uh, Brentford podcast. How you doing, Billy? Not too bad. How are you doing, everybody? Good to see you out there. Up there, I should say. I'm down there. Like, you know, you're good. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on, um, Billy. Um, back in, well, finally in the Premier League. And I'll, like Wolves, you had a few playoff blips in, in recent years. But is there any way of getting, is there any better way of getting promoted than the playoff final? I'll tell you something. Uh, it, it was all planned. You know that. It was all planned. We didn't want to go up automatically. You know, you know we, we had to finish in third place again. And uh, no, no, to be honest with you, listen, it's great. But first of all, thanks for inviting me on. It's great to be on your show. Like I said, it's great to be back with you, you guys and girls as well. Like, you know, because obviously we were, we were sort of we were hooked up together in Division One days, like, you know, and then the Championship days as well, we were hooked up together. Then you went off and left us and went into the, the far reaches of the Premier League and left us down there to, to, to do our thing. But, you know, it was, uh, like I said to you, that playoff final, it was the previous year, obviously, we lost the playoff final, our ninth out of nine, and I've been to all nine of them as well. Even That one counted even though I was in the pub, but I've been to all nine of them. So it was a bit of a gutter because it was a, the F word, which is Fulham, which we're not allowed to say in Brentford Climbs. We're not allowed to say that at all. So that was a little bit of a gutter losing to them. Where are they nowadays, Billy? Uh, I've heard they're in the championship. Is that is that is that right? I'm not quite sure. Don't know. Um, once, you, once you reach the Premier League, you only watch Match of the Day on Saturdays. Uh, I, I tell you something, I haven't quite got into the habit of watching Match of the Day yet, so I've not seen one. I've not seen one Match of the Day show yet. I've never. Wa- I haven't actually watched Match of the Day for about twenty-five years, and I've obviously really out of the habit. So I need to set me alarm to remind me to actually watch Match of the Day. Um, we're always on last anyway, so to be quite honest with you, I can miss most of it and then just kind of watch us at the very end, apparently. But we haven't got any problem with that. That's cool. We're, we're, we're biding our time. But um, but like I said to you, that playoff final that we lost, we did it, but. The, the following year, knowing that we weren't going to, if we went up, because with Brentford, and I've been seeing them for 40 odd years, and we'd go to Accrington Stanley and Grimsby and all these wonderful places that we go to. When we finally go to Liverpool and Man United, I actually want to be there. So the fact that we didn't go up that season and we would have ended up watching it on TV, for me, that would have been heartbreaking. So I'm not sort of being bullish about it. I'm just saying that in a way, it kind of worked out the best way for us that we didn't go up because we in Brentford, we probably got relegated straight away and then we would be watching the back of the championship. So to have gone up and then to get back in the stadium and that Bournemouth game that we played in the semi-final, that was incredible. That was better than the final for me as well because we were 2-0 down on aggregate after six minutes of the second game. 
four and a half thousand fans in the stadium, it sounded like 50,000, and we sung our hearts out and we, we, we roared that team to victory and we really did help them. And it really did make me think, after not being in the stadium for 18 months, pretty much, being there to actually get your team into a playoff final, it was one of the best feelings that I've had in a really, really long time. And, uh, and you know this as well, because you've been in the stadium obviously a few times and it's, listen, whatever the result, just being there, it's just been the business, hasn't it? Massively. Um, Wolves would like, I mean, I'd like to think that Wolves are a, a massive club in, in, in the English pyramid, but sort of seeing Wolves at Wembley and, and the Millennium Stadium when we made it there in 2003, them are moments that you, you never forget, don't you, Kim? Exactly, exactly. And seeing, um, I think it was your first game against Arsenal, Billy, and the atmosphere, like even as a just as a neutral, it got me, and I was like, "Wow, we are actually in for a treat." Just being back in the ground, and as you say, no matter what the scores are, it's just great to see live football again, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be honest, and listen, everyone has got their different way of watching football, consuming as as the, as the marketeers like to say, consuming their football. You know, I go week in and week out, you know, as maybe some of you do. Other people maybe not be able to afford going week in a week out and they'll go some weeks and other weeks they can't do. And other people will sit down and they watch football on the TV the whole time. I have to admit, you know, it was a bit of a novelty the first few weeks, you know, of the of the lockdown, watching football on TV and especially watching away games where, you know, you might find difficulty to go to, but all of a sudden, whoop, they're on TV. So it was, that was lovely. But I have to admit, after about three months, the novelty, or for about, for about two months, the novelty had definitely worn off. And I was just like, I can't wait to get back in the stadium. And I really couldn't really get my head around people that literally watch football on television week in and week out and actually don't go to games because that is so foreign to me. And I'm not knocking you because everyone's got their own way of doing things, but I couldn't do it. I'd, I'd probably stop watching football, had to watch it on the television all the time because it just hasn't got the same, hasn't just hasn't got the same at all, you know? Yeah, those 18 months uh, in lockdown was difficult enough, wasn't it, Kim, without the football that was displayed on our tellies under under Nuno, those 18 yeah. months. And you know what was even worse? Not having a crowd watching the football was so bizarre. I don't know about you, but in the end, I started without crowd noise and then I ended up having to put the crowd noise on, but even that was a bit cringe. Um so, yeah, it's just I can't imagine how people just watch football week in and week out on TV. I'm with you. Like, it's com- a completely different experience. Yeah. I don't know I mean, how people don't watch football full stop, never mind yeah. on the telly. That's right. So it's interesting because you guys, I mean, you didn't have, you know, last season was a little bit kind of probably a little bit shaky for you. But for, for us, the two seasons through the pandemic, we actually had a good season. So... I mean, I think we were luckier than most because I think that if we had a terrible season, it would have been it would have been horrendous watching on TV. But at least we had a good season, and we went down the pub, and everyone was down the pub. And the funny thing about it is that I mean, I live quite far. I mean, I live about you know an hour and a half train ride from from um, even though I live in London from Brentford. So to get down the pub, I'd, I'd actually end up going all the way to Brentford and pretty much watch it by the by the grounds where they're playing the game and I'm watching it practically with the gown there and we're all inside the pub and we're all singing away going come on Brentford and singing away because you're trying to put your efforts to try and make the team do better and even though the team can't see you you know the team can't see you at all like you know because they're playing but you're thinking I'm in the pub with like you know 50 60 other people singing away because you're actually really thinking that you're actually going to get behind the team. It was, it was quite a bizarre experience actually. And uh, that, that's a bit like me. Cause I live in Birmingham, so not in Wolverhampton. So 
I didn't really feel the need to do that because we were so rubbish every week. Um, but I had the same experience. Obviously, there's not too many Wolves fans in Birmingham. So if it, if there was a big game, I'd have to travel, like, not far, but 20, 25 minutes, say, um, just to be sort of in the vicinity of, of Wolves fans. So it's interesting, isn't it? It's just nice to – it's all about the community, isn't it? Yeah, Whether right. you're – yeah, and it's obviously better when you're actually sharing the whole day with the people that you go with as opposed to, you know, sitting at home or just turning up for the game in the pub sort of yeah, thing. That's agree right. with you there. Yeah, just yeah. to speak on, on behalf of Kim there, she didn't breach any COVID restrictions do, during those uh, pandemic times to travel from Birmingham to Wolverhampton also. to watch big matches on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> All the balls were adhered to. Yes, of course, always, always. Four games into the season so far, how have you made your sort of, uh, what's your feeling so far on your, on your season's pandemic? Obviously the big win against Arsenal, first game of the season. It's always a big uh, statement to make, isn't it, for a promoted season to get that first win. Obviously the atmosphere was huge to get in that, getting you over the line that, that night. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better team than Arsenal first game of the season though, could you? Well, you say that now. I mean, I mean, at the time, you know, we were a little bit nervous to be quite honest. You going into that game because you you got no idea what they're going to be like. They, you know, they spent you know a fair amount of money, you know, or they spent they have now spent quite a lot of money in the preseason. They've got some decent players, you know. I know everyone's sort of saying Arsenal all over the place, but I'm not being funny. But you know, we we pluck a few of their players and put them into our side if you know if we could do. So they're not they're not a bad team. They were just um, it just. I don't know what I've got no idea what happened that day, but I'll tell, I'll tell you something. I actually, I think I do know what happened that day. We, um, first of all, we had a bit of practice because we'd, um, we'd come on a, a very good run. We'd also done the semi final and the final with fans in the stadium. So we were already kind of like, we were already up for it. We were quite potty for it. We got promoted. We were in the next league. We were moving into our new stadium and we're going to be opening it with 17,000 people in it. And everyone was just, massively as we say potty for it they were absolutely i mean i mean you know we did quite a lot of um tvs and radios before that arsenal game and everyone's saying you know how are you going to get on what are you going to do and i said to them not be funny but tw8 the postcode of brentford postcode they said there's going to be absolutely no work in the tw8 region anytime that day literally no one's going to be working it's going to be productivity 0.001 that day because people i mean i left me house at eight o'clock in the morning I was in Brentford by nine, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was doing stuff. All my mates are coming down. By 12, 12.30, the pub was absolutely heaving. Like, you know, by five o'clock, you kind of like, it was all over. So, you know, it was one of those days where like everyone in Brentford was absolutely gagging for it. We were potty for it. And you can tell about it. It's like, you know, you hadn't seen your friends for 18 months, a lot of them, because not everyone could get to the playoffs because playoffs was done by ballot and you know taps you know people with the highest points go to the playoffs so a lot of people were actually they actually watched the playoffs in the pubs in Brentford they actually didn't even go there so this is the first time that you can see a lot of your mates you're there together having a drink getting excited doing the walk to the new ground because obviously you had to work out the route to the new ground because I mean the Wolves fans that have been there before you know you know the four pubs and the corners and the other pubs you know maybe for our pub which is one of the furthest ones away it was eight minutes walk to the ground, whereas the one that you lot drinking is 30 seconds walk to the ground. But this one, we've got a, a whole long 15 minutes walk to the ground from the pub, like, you know, which was like, you know, we had to trek, we had to set off, like, you know, days in advance for that because we're, we're not used to it, like, you know. So we're walking to the ground and you've got the buzz when you got in there. And then when we, and 
normally we get in the ground about either two minutes before or about 10 minutes after the, 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 the starting whistle. But this time we were actually in the ground 40 minutes before the whistle, which I think gives you an indication as to the pottiness that was there. And we got in, they, they did the Hey Jude before. And Thomas Frank was going around, as you probably saw on the TV, getting the crowd all hyped up. And the atmosphere was on. Was, honestly, it was on another level. And at that stage, I thought, you know, we might do all right here. We might, we might do all right. And then we just came out the traps. And after the initial 10 minutes where we were a little bit, you know, a rabbit in the headlights, we just, we just took it to them. And, and, and we really did. And once that first goal went in, I'll be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't think there's going to be any other result because you could just tell the, the crowd were behind it, the team were behind it. And it was just, it was the perfect start in retrospect. And in the end it was, but I mean, you didn't know that at the beginning and, you know, I'm lucky. And listen, if we lose every other game between now and the end of the season, I still got that Arsenal game to sort of hang me out on, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it's, it's not too bad. Quite an iconic game for Brentford, the the Arsenal win, obviously with the um, your your gaffer with the young lad after the, the full-time whistle. Would that he? Was, that was, yeah, that was like uh, at the moment of the season before the second game had even kicked off. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know. I remember after watching that game, I just felt completely emotional after and I was like, oh, my God, and now I've actually got to go and watch my own team tomorrow. Like, <laughs> God. And I think, yeah, yeah, we were playing Leicester away, and I was like, oh, I just, I just completely missed that experience. And I think that game just summed up how much people had sort of missed football. And as you say, that kind of sums up why you were, well, why all the Brentford fans, the occasion was, you know, pretty amazing. You know, the manager. You manage a little bit uh, eccentric, shall we say, um, and it just bought into the whole the whole occasion. So yeah, I really enjoyed it, and and that's why I'm a little bit really like hoping that you guys stay up now. Um, yeah, no, no, appreciate appreciate that, and I think for us, listen, we, we just do what we do. You know, I, 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 there's no qualms about it. Like you know, we know we're a small team. You know, we know we spent most of our time playing. You know, like I said to your Scumforps and all these other teams. That's where we've come from. And I feel very blessed that we've got to the Premier League. We've worked hard for it and we're here and we may not last very long, but that doesn't really matter because we've got to enjoy the moment. And, you know, if you can't enjoy an Arsenal victory, if you can't enjoy a victory here or there, why the hell are you supporting a team? You know, so I'm enjoying, I'm, I'm enjoying it as it, as it comes and, uh, and we'll see. But I think the thing is, I think I probably was, was us, we were actually very lucky that we were on. T- I mean, I, I, I'm normally again, anti you being on TV, but I was actually quite lucky that we were on TV that time because what it did is that it announced us to the world because we were the only match that was on and the only match that has been on with fans um, for 18 months. So it announced us to the world, but also a lot of people around the, the world who had, you know, I mean, I've been literally to all the five continents and I'll talk about Brentford to everybody, like, you know, and they probably look at you thinking, what is he talking? I've got no idea. what he, Brentford, I've never even heard of them, like, you know, but all of a sudden there's a lot of people saying to me, I remember you talking to me about Brentford like 10, 15 years ago and I had no idea. But now you're in the Premier League now and I saw you beat Arsenal. So it's kind of like registered with them like here we are. So maybe people could start calling us of Bradford and uh, Brentwood and all these other things that they call us and, and actually might call us our real name for once, which might be quite nice. As always, thanks for you, all the people viewing and listening. If you've got any questions for ourselves or Billy, hit the comments section. It only seems about three or four years ago since our two teams were pitting ourselves against Leighton Orient for League One promotion. That's funny. It, <laughs> I had to laugh right, because uh, 
the the last player that we bought in, we've had you know the transfers that we made. We bought made quite a few transfers, and the last person that we bought in is a guy called Wisa, and we we bought him from a team in France called Lorient. And, and it did make me laugh because I was thinking, like, you know, I had to sort of correct myself because I'm so used to us buying players from Lorient, which is late in Orient. You know what I'm saying? But all of a sudden, we're buying a player from Lorient, which is on the other side of the water. So it does make me laugh. But, yeah, that, that battle between um, us, you, Wolves, Brentford and late in Orient, oh, mate, oh, I, I, I missed that. that. That was wicked. That was a wicked freeway that was as well, especially for some ridiculous reason – Leighton Orient just decided to just start some beef with us. And it's almost one of those ones where, like, you go, we hate you, we hate you. Oh, Brentford, you're scum. And we're like, but we, we, haven't, we haven't done anything. What have we done? And they sort of formulated this beef thing. And then I think, if I remember rightly, was that the season that they went, they went top of the league? And they were top of the league at the very start of the season. And uh, if, it's a, if it's the same season, that if I remember rightly, then they, they came down to us and they beat us as well. I think they beat us, like I think it was 2-0 on a, on a Tuesday night. And um, and um, Martin Rowlands, who was a massive, massive Brentford, we loved him. He even had his own song, you know, um, a, a proper song, not like a, a stolen song. He had his own song. And then he did the old, he went off to QPR and then he disrespected us. And then he went to Orient and he just, and I think he scored in this game and he scored in the opposite end to the, the, the end, which is the terrace end. And then he made a point of running all the way from that end to the other end to start pointing at his badge and kissing and just doing all sorts of gesticulations at the, the, you know, the terrorist end, which was really quite bizarre. And then after that, they were doing the mind, the gap and all, all sorts of stuff. And we were like, okay. And I think we were, you know, I'm not sure if we were in 11th or 8th at that time. And so we thought, okay, that's fair enough. And, uh, but we slowly kept on creeping up. And I think towards the end of the season, back end of the season, it was, I think you were first, we were second or, and they were third or they might be second and we were third and we played them at their place, uh, Orient at their place. And we had to, we had to, I think we had to beat them to try and nick that second spot. And for some ridiculous reason, they decided to give us the whole of the half of the stadium. So they gave us their whole, like the whole, instead of giving us like a quarter, they said, you can have it all. So we had the whole of the end. So basically half of TWA came down to, to Leighton. We took the whole place over. We sang them to death and then we beat them 1-0. And after that, that was all over. That was it. You finished first, we finished second. And they ended up in the playoffs. But I just thought that was the most bizarre thing ever, you know, just giving us half their stadium because we, you know, we made the most of it. And we, we sung our team to victory that day. It was, it was a great day. Loved it. But, um, yeah, late in Orient. Um, that's, that's, that's what I miss, you know, those League One away days. I love going to those little grounds. Yeah. I'm with you there as well. And this is my fear about being in the Premier League. And listen, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it as much as I can do because I'm going to go, I've never been to Everton before. That's probably the only club that I've never been to. But, you know, I'm going to enjoy going to these places. But I've had proper laughs going. I love going to Borough. Borough is my, my favourite away day. Preston, I love going to Preston. I love going to, well, Scunthorpe, I'm not so sure about. Um, you know, <laughs> Grimsby, you know, uh, Wrexham. I've had a laugh at but all those places that you, you met some characters and you have some good times, but you do have to move on as well. And I think... That's where I'm at, and I, I think this is the thing with Brentford fans. We're in we're in a new world at the moment, and it's a little bit scary because we're, we're I'm I'm comfortable being in the it was it Division One, and I was pretty comfortable being in the Championship, and now this is kind of like whoa, I'm standing there with no clothes on, everyone's looking at me, kind of you know what, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, you, as you said, you've, you've come a you've come a long way, but you still don't really know 
how high your ceiling is at the moment with this side. Obviously, you've gone from Clayton Donaldson to Ivan Tony. How do you think he can fare this season? Oh, it's, it's difficult with Ivan because every, it, the hype's on him now, so everyone knows him, and he's up against some really good defenders. So he's finding it tough, but he's if you look at him, you look at his eyes, he's very resolute, and he doesn't care, and he really believes in himself, and he's actually a really good player. And if he's not scoring goals... Everyone goes, oh, Ivan Tony, oh, he's not very good. He hasn't scored any goals. You look at what he does, the work rate. You see him on Saturday. If he's not heading balls on for other people or laying balls off for people or on the wing, laying them in or defending back. And he does everything. So he's like an extra man for us. So if he's not going to, if he's not scoring goals, the whole idea this season is that we were going to try and bring other players through to score goals. So it's not all about Ivan. So, you know, people like Bumbumo needs to, 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 to pick it up, like, you know, People like you know, um, you know, uh, um, you know, other other players need to be picking it up as well and, and scoring the goal. So, for, for, um, for me, listen, Ivan Tony, it's got, I think it's going to take him a bit of time to to get used to this division and used to finding the spaces, playing against the defenders. But he's he's really determined enough. I really think he's going to get there. Um, I really do because he's 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 a very very good player. He's different to Ollie Watkins, obviously he replaced. Um, who is is a brilliant brilliant player, Ollie Watkins, you know. But he's you know he picks up the ball and he runs at him, and he and and, and Ivan Tony's just different. So let's let's see how he gets on on Saturday because this I think Saturday is going to be one of our toughest games of the season. I'll be honest with you, and I'm saying this obviously after Arsenal, you know, as opposed to before Arsenal because I thought Arsenal would be tough at the time we played them. But I think you guys, um, the way that you play your football, the way that you create your chances, you create lots of high quality chances you haven't put them away but you're going to put them away at some time and I hope it's not Saturday I'll be honest with you so it's going to be a, a huge test for our defence who is actually very good we've got a really 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 good solid defence who have made two they've taken their eye the ball twice and they've let in two goals once was um, on Saturday um, um, at Trossard is it against Brighton and that should have been a draw you know probably we should have beaten them but we didn't and also the other one was um, Bundia for uh, for Aston Villa, who scored a great goal, brilliant goal that he scored. You know, we took our eye off the ball and we should have closed him down. We didn't. But other than that, we've played, our defence have been really good. So you're going to be a proper test with your, your you know, Traore and them lot. You know, they're good players, man. So it's almost like for us, we want to see how we're going to get on because, you know, we, we know we're going to come across, you know, Man City and Liverpool's and Chelsea's. And, you know, that's going to be tough. So we, we need to see how, how resilient we are, really. Just What's going back to just going back to Tony, I genuinely think our defenders are going to have their biggest test of the season so far in terms of strikers. I think although yeah he has his own, I think he's scored one so far. Um, I still think that he's bringing so much to Brentford's play. He's obviously the focal point. Um, is bringing other players into play, holding the ball up. And I think if you are to do well against us on um, Saturday, I think he will have to have a, a really good game. Um, and it'll be interesting, won't it? Because we all know that Cody struggles at times when he's got that sort of physical player to play against. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we actually how we actually deal with him. Because um, if we can sort of stifle Tony, you know, obviously we'll probably pl- stick with our five at the back, I'd imagine. Um, I think we could do well. I think that's that'll be the key battle. 
Brentford yeah. play five at the back as well. Is that right, Billy? I, I, yeah. I've only really yeah, paid but... attention to sort of, I'm a massive, massive fan of Ethan Pinnock. And I think yeah, Rico yeah. Enriol will do well at this level as he, um, as, as he grows with age and physicality. What's your sort of, how, how much do you actually rate Pontus Janssen? I'm not, I'm not sure if he's a Premier League defender, but tell me I'm wrong. Right. So this is interesting. I mean, we do play as we, we, we actually go three at the back, five at the back, because it's one of those ones where it's like, you can call it a five, you can call it a three. You've got three centre backs and you've got two wing backs. So we reverted to the wing back scenario towards the back end of last season when we, we start to lose a few games um, when we're having our run in. And we, I think it was Coventry we lost to, which surprised everyone. And it kind of knocked us off kilter. And we decided that we had to, because we had a, a few um, injuries uh, problems, we had to do something about it. So we reverted back to sort of three stroke five at the back and it solved a lot of our issues. And then now what's happened is we come into the Premier League, we've actually built a team in effect, not around that, but we've actually built, you know, we've got players in which have played to that system. And, you know, so the three at the back are um, Ethan Pinnock, who you said is a great player. I mean, I I actually, if I'm not watching Brentford, I'll go and see Dulwich Hamlet, which is a team in the, in the Conference South now. Um, they get three and a half thousand fans in the conference South. It's brilliant. But I saw them in a playoff final play against East Thurrock about four years ago and playing for them was um, Ethan, um, was Pinnock. P- Pinnock was playing for them in the, in the conference, in the, in the Isthmian league, actually, which is one league below the conference South, which is three, three leagues below division two. And that's four, I think it's four seasons ago. That was, and they lost in the playoff final then. And, uh, and then he got transferred to Forest Green after that. And then after Forest Green, he went from Forest Green to Barnsley. And now he's at Brentford. He's playing the Premier League. So it's taken him about four seasons to go from Isthmian League to Premier League. Great, great, great defender. He is honest. Every game that he's played so far has been great. Then we've got Ayer, who we bought from Celtic, who's a ball-playing centre-back. He's wicked. Oh, he is, I mean, he's going to spend most of his time in your box, to be honest with you. But he's a wicked, really cool and calm centre-back. And he's really steadied us up in the back. And then you've got Pontus. And Pontus... I, I think Pontus was a, he's a big figure. He's a right character. First season when he played, um, when we didn't go up, our defence was properly solid. And then he got injured and then we had a bit of a wobble. Then he came back the following season. He was making mistakes here and there. And we were right, but we've got up in the end. And I wasn't sure whether or not Pontus is going to be, you know, make it to Premier League. This is not disrespect to him because I wasn't sure where he's going to be. I didn't know if he's going to go back to, to, to Sweden or what, what he was going to do. But then he's come back in and in the free, he's been wicked. So the three of them working together, they, they've been they've been really good. And with Rico on the left and Canos on the right, who ironically Canos is actually a left winger. So we've got a left winger playing at right wing back for us at the moment now. So between them, they've been really, really wicked in defence. So so we'll see again because you you guys are going to be coming at us tomorrow. Let's let's see how good they really are. Since Wolves uh, got promoted back to the Premier League. We've won six of our eight home league games against promoted sides and a, a draw and then a defeat against someone we won't mention. <laughs> Should it be a, a regimental win on, on Saturday, Kim, or can you see Brentford sneaking something? I don't want to sound too confident because I'm never confident, but just from what we've done so far and how, not just the results... Um, last week but how we played I can see I can't see a thrashing to be honest I can see two nil potentially I can see us controlling the game um Brentford's probably having a few chances showing some nice touches but I'd like to think that because we've now got lots of players coming back from injuries we've got a stronger bench you know we've got players that can hopefully come on and, and make an impact 
Um, I genuinely think that we are going to do well. And I think it's interesting actually to hear that it sounds like we pretty much play the same formation. So it should be a good matchup um, against the two teams. But I think, again, our win-backs will be key to our success going forward. Um, and obviously Neves has been pulling the strings in virtually all the games um, that we've played so far. So, yeah, I'm, I'm back in Raul to get on the score sheet and I can see a comfortable win, hopefully. Is What's your sort of feeling? Is it going into the, the game on, on Saturday, Billy? Obviously, like you said, you, Wolves is going to be a tough fixture for Brentford, but surely you've got a, a good, strong identity as your squad. You've got players which are still sort of unknown quantities at Premier League level. Do you, do you fancy yourselves to get a result on Saturday? Uh, I mean, we've finished off. We've done a couple of podcasts this week. We do three podcasts a week. We normally do one straight after the match, which, again, a lot of Wolf fans would know, because even when we played you last time in the Championship, we were doing that as well. We literally come straight out the ground and stick a microphone under people's noses, and then we record people, and then we put it up in the air, and it's normally up about, about an hour or two after after the final whistle. But we've got our other podcast. It's Pride of West dot london by the way and it's live now and we've got actually rich okay from your um rich from your podcast is actually he's on he's on there as well giving the the wolves perspective like you know so you should definitely check that out it's uh it's a wicked podcast and we talked about the game obviously a lot and we're saying how difficult it is but the fact is that the one thing that we do know is that we do play our you know we we haven't come in this division to kind of like just put two banks of four up and just defend and try and not lose games. We come here to try and play football um, and that's the only way for us. And yeah, okay, certain games we might kind of be a little bit clever and then try and hit people on the break, but we do try and play football. So we're going to just go out there and, and see what we could do and just just, just play football. Um, I mean, the prediction that I had put on our podcast, I, I said two all um, because I couldn't say one all because somebody had already said one all. So I've had to go for a two all draw in this game, which means there's going to be goals in it. Um, but, um, you know, in the last few games, interestingly, we haven't created, um, we've created chances, but we haven't created the chances like we did in the championship where we were, you know, if, if you love your XG, some people hate it, but, you know, we use it as a little bit of a barometer and, you know, sometimes we might be two, 2.53 XG, which means you're creating a lot of really good high quality chances, which means that you can almost like slot it in the back of the net from the six yard box. This time, this season, we've been, you know, kind of on the ones, the 1.2, 1.5s. And even the, the last game was probably about 0.5, which means that you were having more sort of pot shots from outside the area. You might have had one shot inside the area, which might have had one in three chance of going in. So for me, my little nerves is the fact that, you know, are we creating enough opportunities? And if we are creating enough opportunities, good opportunities, are we putting them in the back of the net? You know, because if we're missing chances all the time, then we're not going to have... A, we're not going to we're not going to get the results that we want. Uh, the flip side of it is one thing that I will say is that also we've been keeping teams really tight. So none of the teams, the team actually that's created the most um, decent opportunities against us was actually Arsenal, which everyone's going. Ooh, I didn't think they're really good, but all the other teams that we've played again from an XG level have been creating. You know, 0.2. I think I think uh, you know 0.2 was was Brighton the other day, which means that they had they had one chance. I think which was a one in sort of kind of almost like one in ten chance of going the back of the net and they scored from it as well. Cheers. But <laughs> one of those things League, that happened. Billy? That's the, the harsh of the Premier League, isn't it? That is, you know. So for me, I'm saying, look, if we can keep it, this is why you're going to be a real tester for us because I know you create lots of opportunities. Let's see how good our defence is to try and keep you down to maybe creating less than you can do and let's see if we can nick it. But for me, I'll be happy 
very happy with a draw up in your zone again because we just need to chisel our way up to safety in this league. And is it 17th? Is it 38 points? People are telling me I've got, I've got no idea. I know what the, the, the what the championship one is. 50 points, isn't it? And uh, 50 points is what you need to get the championship. But I think yeah, it's they used to say 40 in the Premier League. Well, I think it has dropped to about 30, 37, 38 now, isn't it? It's become a bit of a... I know it's going to become uh, a bit of a boring segment for Wolves fans asking the uh, opposition fans this. But who, who are you fearing most from our squad uh, in the game Saturday? Well, it's got to be Traore, only because he's uh, he, he's doing the business and everyone's saying, oh, yeah, but he ain't got his shooting boots on. But it's going to be typical. He's going to get his shooting boots on against bloody Brentford. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's gonna, it's just so Brentford that's going to happen. I remember you had, um, who was it? It was, not, was it Saka? It might have been Saka, actually. Or it might be, it's either Saka or you had, who's the other player that you had? He had the bloody jeweled boots. He had the yeah, boots. Bakary Sacco, yeah. The Sacco, that's it. Yeah, Sacco. And, uh, and and it was he was the type of player who kind of like he, he used to kind of he's strong he used to get about and then but then when he came against us he would always just cause us problems and I was I was, I was yeah I, I'm just I'm just a little bit nervous that Traore might finally kind of get his shooting boots on against us so uh, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that he uh, he has another um, slightly off day and then then he can score six goals the following week as far as I'm concerned because uh, yeah so that's he doesn't that's... often have his shooting boots on though does he I don't think he's ever had his shooting boots on for us apart from once against Man City he hasn't yeah. scored too many no but he's but, he, but he's he's but he causes. Pro- I mean, I know this because everyone's having to go because he's not scoring the goals. But he he does cause problems though, doesn't he? Or does he? You tell me. To the opposition. Oh, he causes problems. No doubt. No oh. doubt, he causes problems. But you know, does he actually provide assists and goals? Well, so far he hasn't this season. So, but his xG is good. So. We're all on well, the XG hype at the moment. But no, but fans are just about, because our XG's not, been pretty good. <laughs> it's not about the hype. It's all I'm saying to you is that if you're listen, if you're on the if you're on the pitch, you're gonna you know if you're doing the business at some stage, unless you're really really rubbish, right? You're gonna you're gonna do something, yeah. and all I'm trying to say to you, it's gonna be so Brentford that he'll do it against us. You know what I'm saying? Because he's he's there or thereabouts, but he's not doing the business, and it's like, oh god, you know, there we go. It just is. We're the type of team that it will happen to because it just always happens against us. It really does, you know. So, um, so the last thing we hate is when people are saying, "Oh, he's never going to score. Or he's not scoring any goals." We're thinking, right, that's it. It's all over for us. So, um, but anyway, I'm hoping I'm going to eat my words on that <laughs> at two thirty tomorrow. From what you've seen so far of us this season, who's who's the sort of players that you you think are our weak links as such? I mean, it's it's it, the thing about it is that saying who's your who's your weak links. I mean, you're talking about it's, di- it's difficult. Like you know, obviously you want to be your weak links in defenders. I mean, I know Connor Cody before he was at yours, and I'm just sort of thinking. Um, I mean, I think you mentioned it would be a tough game for him, whether or not he'll be able to. Like, say for example, Ivan Tony, he's he's just he just goes at it, and whether or not you can take the relentless battering of somebody like Tony. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I've seen Wolves a bit, but I haven't seen you enough to kind of actually kind of work out exactly where your links are. But I'm just sort of thinking for us where it is, is that we need to break down your defence. Your defence has actually been relatively, um, relatively strong, you know. And so I'm thinking that Connor Cody, if him and seeing what um, an Ivan Tony's going to do against him, let's see how that battle goes. Um, let's see. 
who who should we be looking at apart from uh, Ivan Tony? I heard you mention Sergi Canos earlier. That's the guy who I'm sort of looking at for, who's going to create the majority of your chances. Is there anyone else we should be looking out for? Yeah, well, Sergi obviously is going to be on the wing-back front, so you're going to see him in attacking positions quite a lot. But the player who really should be doing it this season for me is, is Brian Bumo. He had a, a great season with the BMW, if you remember them, um, Ben Rama Watkins, um, um, well, but Ben Rama Watkins, BMW, um, um, as well as him. <laughs> so you had the three of them, and they scored 55 goals between the three of them. And and the Boomer had a great season. I think he scored might have been, might have scored like 14 goals that season and got loads of assists. Then he got COVID at the back end of a season, came back the following season, wasn't quite the same, still scored goals, but wasn't quite the same. And then this season, close season, he had a decent holiday, went away, was very happy, he's come back. And then in close season, he looked on fire. He scored, I'm not sure if he scored this season so far, I think he's got assists, but he's he's the one that hit the post against um, against Arsenal very early on the game, smashed it against the post. Um, he missed at least, he missed three really good chances against Brighton as well. That one of them he definitely should have scored as well. Um, but he's a really, really skillful player. And I'll be, you know, he's he's, he's a good player. And I just have, watch out for Brian and Bumo. He's, he's a great player. He is. And it's another player that I really like who may or may not start because he got, he was here COVID. So he didn't start against Brighton. He came on for the last 15 minutes and he's Frank the Tank. Onyeka, we just signed him in the closed season from uh, FC Michelin, which is our sister club in Denmark that our owner also owns over there. And we got him. He was uh, uh, my, my my Danish buddies out there told me that he was the best player in Denmark because in Denmark, basically, if you're any good, you go to Europe or you go to you know you go to another club. You don't stay in Denmark. But he was the best sort of player who had was, remained in Denmark at the time, and uh, and so we signed him. And, and he's great because he, he's like a Duracell bunny. 90 minutes, he just goes and goes, gets in, jumps in, you know, tackles, breaks up tackles, passes, does everything. So I, I like Frank the Tank. So you should definitely look out for Frank the Tank on Yekka. The, the fear's rising there, Kim. I, I mean, <laughs> I thought he was going to be real. I thought like, uh, George Thomas the Tank Engine. Friends, the way you were going there. <laughs> What's your score prediction for Saturday, Billy, before we go have a look at our uh, tips from Ball Sport, our betting partners? So... Uh, so for me, like I said to you, I'm going to go even Stevens and I'm going to go for two all. It's going to be a two all draw. Uh, I mean, you want me to give goal scorers and all that kind of stuff? I can't, I can't give that. I just, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just say it's we'll going to be two all. Bill, do you think yeah. it'll be a one, 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 two all? Or... I think it's going to be one, one, two, one, one, two all. And I think that you will probably score first and then, uh, and then we'll equalize and then, and then, then you score second and we'll equalize again. So, uh, yeah, because you're at home. What's your uh, feelings going into the game, score prediction wise, Kim? Um, I'm gonna, st- hmm. I'm gonna go three nil. I know that sounds overconfident, and it's not because I don't think it will be a three nil game. However, I do think that we'll finally get our shooting boots on with our high xG. Traore, by any chance? No, I'm still not going to try that. I'll go Raul and Trinkau. Okay. So we've got one tip here, which is Wolves to win 1-0, 2-0 or 2-1. Raul Jimenez, any time goal scorer. Sergi Canos, which um, I believe will he'll be coming up directly against Adama Troyo for the majority of the game. Is that right, Billy? You said that Sergi Canos will play right wing back? 
Yes, he will do indeed. Yeah, yes, yes. I mean, Adama has been predominantly playing left wing, as Nick Kim so far. So you've got a good chance of Sergi Canos getting a book in there. So that's that's twenty two to one for that. We've also got Wolves to win. Trinko first goal scorer, as Kim said, and over one and a half goals, ten to one. Uh, Adama Traore first goal scorer for those who actually have faith in our winger, over two and a half goals, and Wolves to win sixteen to one. And for the Brentford viewers tonight. Ivan Tony, first goal scorer, the game to finish a draw and remain Soyis to be booked 100 to 1. If that's not worth a pound of your money, I don't know what is. Anything else, guys, you want to discuss before we call it a night? Just, I'll just let you know what my tips are because I, I didn't mean to mention it. This is the tip that's going to win. So, Wolves to win to nil, um, over 2.5 goals and trink out anytime. That's 16 to 1. So, get on that one. Uh, just one last comment from Denzel Walls. Hey, Billy's still about. Remember, watching his videos back in our league one day. It's really good content. Fair play, Brentford. Cheers, Denzel. Thanks for uh, watching them. There's old school videos. We used to have a lot of fun making them videos. We um we started them in... Tw- we actually started them before Arsenal Fan TV in 2013. We just whipped out a video back at Yeovil. You remember them days? Yeah, Yeovil. We whipped a video at Yeovil just the week after we played Chelsea in the Cup. So we played Chelsea in the cup. We drew to all of them. We were really excited. We thought, oh, look at us, Brentford Division 1. We just beat, we drawn with Chelsea. And we were winning with ten, uh, seven minutes to go. And uh, and then Chelsea equalised. And we were a bit gutted. And then the following week, we went to Yeovil thinking, yeah, we, we just drawn with Chelsea. And I think they smashed us 3-0. <laughs> I was saying down at Yeovil. It was like a real leveller. And so I remember it just whipped out my camera, found about five or six Brentford fans. He said, what do you think of that then? And they went, all like that. We put it up on video. And from that, we literally went to every single game, home and away for the next five seasons and just did videos. And we just basically just did kind of match day videos. We never filmed ourselves mainly. It was always the fans, going to the away fans, home fans, just asking them about their day, about the score and on the terraces and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, we did it. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Don't, don't do so many now because it's, it's a lot of hard work doing videos and getting home and editing them and this and that and the other and doing all that stuff. So we only do them every now and again. We've started a few more this season on Besotted 1992 on YouTube. So we've done a few Premier League videos, which are not as full on as they were back in the day. Just gives a little flavour of the day. But yeah, like I said to you, Besotted, we've we, we, we videos, we've been doing fanzine for 30 odd years since 1990. We've been selling fanzines like, you know, in the corner of the of the street. So it's like me, me and Dave Lane, who started the Besotted, he's still there. Me and Laney, we've been doing it for years. We've got a blog. We've got our podcast now, which has done 800 and nearly 800 episodes as well. And we've got the videos. So, yeah, we, we, we keep ourselves busy. But, um, you know, I'm, I will never disrespect the championship and the lower leagues because that's where we come from. And I love that. But I'm very happy to be in the, the Premier League tasting that and uh, being up there and, and being on your show and just, just enjoying it. So, wicked. Thank you. It gives you a warm feeling, doesn't it, uh, Billy, that you were doing content before Brentford were in the Premier League, whereas... I think you might have noticed that as, as your team gets bigger, the more content providers come out there. And I'm not sure how it's been like for you guys on, on social media, because obviously you, in recent years you've been on an upward trajectory. Do you get much negativity on social media from your fan base? Yeah, there's a, there is a lot of negativity. You get that through fans and, and you know you get that the whole time. And to, uh, to be quite honest with you, with me personally, I've got, I've got this kind of, I've got this sort of filter, social media filter. Listen, I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm pretty... I, I just I just get out there, put your information out, talk to people, but I don't really get pulled into the sort of negativity and all that kind of stuff. So I don't actually see a lot of it. I do my besotted thing. I've got my own Twitter and Billy the B ninety nine on my own Twitter, and I just kind of just just I just do my thing, and then I 
because I've got a lot of other things going on in, you know, in my life and I can't, I, can't, I can't be dragged down and dragged into the negativity of what's going on in football because it's, uh, it's very easy to. And the, and the thing that I say is that it's, I think it's, unless people really love it, it's very hard to win battles against people that you don't know because it's like, it's like an endless sea. And it's kind of like at the end of the day, you're not really going to win the battle. You know, you might put your point of view across, but it just keeps going and going and going. So for me, I prefer to come on here, you know, we chat with you and podcasts. We invite people on our podcast. They give their point of view. I write. I put my bits and pieces out there and I'll sit down in the pub with somebody, have a pint with them and I'll have a chat with them if they want to have a conversation. And for me, that's kind of like how I want to do my business because it's a lot easier and you can get your point of view across more in um, in, uh, in a conversation over a pint than you can do in 280 characters, you know what I'm saying? So that's, it's the best uh, way to be, isn't it? It's like it's not even worth the energy. Uh, I know, mean, Wolves is really bad, isn't it, for, for the Twitter spats? It's like pe- people are only happy usually when they're uh, moaning, got something to moan about. But at the moment, everyone's pretty happy. So, uh, yeah, riding a crest of a wave at the moment. Yeah, which is, you know, everyone's each of their own. Listen, people have got different styles and do their different things, which is fine. It's just that I'm just saying for, for me, I, I've got to, I, I sort of live in a creative, I live in a creative world. I, I work in, in the creative business. So I need to, uh, I have to keep my head clear from the creativity, you know what I'm saying? So I, I try not to get called into the sort of, uh, into the negative side of things because it just doesn't do me any good for all the other stuff that I'm doing, you see. So, so yeah. Yeah, which is good. To close the show, I'm going for Wolves 4-0 on Saturday. Don't know what's got don't know what's come over me. Because, you know, we can't we can't finish our chance at the moment. But like I've been saying all week, someone's gonna take a pacing at some point. Hopefully it's this weekend. Q uh cube enthusiasm music when Brentford win 2 0 on Saturday. Thanks to everyone who's tuned in tonight. Listen, continue to support the Wolves Fancast, a part of the 90 Minute Network. Thanks again to Wolverhampton Eats and the Sport Shop Kings Winford. Hope everyone enjoys the weekend and we'll catch you next week. Okay.